engine running. Liftoff. We have a liftoff. Hello, it is Eric Erickson here, Atlanta's Evening News on WSB, the phone number 404-872-0750, 1-800-WSB-TALK. You can get me on social media at E.W. Erickson. What do I mean by social media? Well, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, you name it, E.W. Erickson. Uh, Stacey Abrams is making some news, uh, generating headlines today. She's on the cover of Vogue. I mentioned that yesterday she would be on the cover of Vogue. Well, it goes beyond that. She's rolling out a media tour. She's off the book tour. She's on the voter tour where she's trying to claim active voter suppression caused her to lose the race, except now she doesn't really want to say that um, she didn't lose the race. Instead, she wants to say that she somehow or another, um, it was the voters who lost the race, and on and on it goes. So, well, she went on Rachel Maddow's show on MSNBC, and in so doing, she made some very bold claims about Republicans and what they may or may not do. Have a listen to this. We know that we also face foreign influence that is being denied by the White House, by the would-be tin-pot dictator of Donald Trump, but also that Moscow Mitch is stopping voter rights legislation and election security legislation. But we also know that they just lifted a consent decree that's kept Republicans and the RNC from going into local communities and intimidating voters by having off-duty officers tell people that they're monitoring their votes. For the first time since 1981, the RNC will be allowed to cheat and lie and go into polling places and scare voters, particularly voters of color. Fair Fight 2020 is designed to anticipate all of those challenges, but not just worry about them, work against them. And that's what we learned from 2018. We cannot wait for the cavalry to come. We have to be the army and we have to stand up now. Yeah, whatever. Okay, so let, let let me let me explain to you again for those of you who have moved into the area you don't know what exactly did Stacey Abrams do? Well, it was it was pretty straightforward. Abrams actually went out in 2014 and 2016 and she added a uh, she she formed a nonprofit and in so forming this nonprofit, she went out and did voter registration drives and her voter registration nonprofit screwed up between 10 and 13,000 voter registration applications, according to the Secretary of State's office. I mean, all of these people who were supposedly pending voters who Stacey Abrams was going to bring in, the reason that they stayed on the pending voter file and they were never processed is because the information on their forms was not accurate. It did not align with people in the state. Remember, what the state did is they took those forms and they processed them through a federal database to make sure these were legitimate people and those 10 to 14,000 people did not align. So what did Stacey Abrams next do? She said, oh, it's exact match. That's the problem is these evil, awful Republicans are using a law that the Democrats but pay no attention. That They're using this law that it requires that the words be precise, that everything be spelled. And hey, here's this voter who tried to register and she put LN period instead of Lane and because her address in the database said Lane and not LN period, she was refused the ability to register to vote, and this is an abomination. And the National Press Corps went, oh, hallelujah, Stacy, save the day, amen and amen. The hallelujah chorus of the press echoing everything, and it turns out that the voter, the reason they couldn't vote wasn't because of exact match, it was because they were already a voter. They were already in the voter registration.
registration file. So that was what happened. And, and only the AJC, Greg Bluestein at the AJC, was about the only reporter nationally who was willing to go out and say, you know what, this isn't true. And, and you know, just listen to this one more time from Abrams. We know that we also face foreign influence that is being denied by the White House, by the would-be tin-pot dictator of Donald Trump, but also that Moscow Mitch is stopping voter rights legislation and election security legislation. But we also know that they just lifted a consent decree that's kept Republicans and the RNC from going into local communities and intimidating voters by having off-duty officers tell people that they're monitoring their votes. Okay, let me just ask you a question. What, what proof does she have of this? What proof does she have of this? Uh, there was a situation in 1980 where the Republicans entered into a consent decree over a lawsuit that was filed uh, on how they conduct elections. It's far more complicated than she's making it out to be. And they are now through and clear with that lawsuit. But she's trying to claim this is a woman who is okay with the new Black Panthers party taking up station at polling locations. This is a woman who was perfectly willing to support the new Black Panther Party at polling locations, claiming that that was interfering with and intimidating no one, and yet is claiming that the Republicans are going to hire off-duty police officers to show up and pretend to be on-duty police officers to threaten and intimidate black voters. Here's the reality. It's not true. It's not true. Are there isolated instances of bad behavior? You better concede it because, yes, there are. But are there isolated instances of voters actually screwing up and voting, trying to vote twice or voter fraud happening? Yes, and the Democrats don't want to concede that. At least I'm willing to be intellectually honest and say, are there occasional instances of bad behavior? Yes, but it's not systematic. And what she's trying to do is convince everyone this is systematic behavior by the Republican Party, and nothing is further from the truth on this. Now, why is she doing this? Well, first of all, big tip-off, she's going on MSNBC, and she has a huge profile in Vogue, on the cover of Vogue, and she has a huge huge profile in the New York Times, where the New York Times breathlessly reports, Stacey Abrams, she's not going to run for president. Why? Because she's raising money. That's what this is about. She screwed up voter registration in 2014. She screwed up voter registration in 2016. And she's got to raise money again. She lost. Never have I seen a politician lose so badly and fail upward so successfully. It's staggering. She is peddling a mythology because she's got a she needs a job. I, I, I guarantee you she's going to get a salary through one of these nonprofits. You know she's going to get a salary from one of these nonprofits. But she's got to go to the New York Times and MSNBC to get white coastal progressives to fund her and her nonprofit on the claim that, oh, they, this, this is very much like, it's like Sally Struthers being on TV. Give money to this poor dying kid and we'll be able to build a, build a cafeteria for the kids and so forth. Except this is Stacey Abrams saying, give me money and I'll be able to go out there and make sure that people vote and the Republicans are fought and Donald Trump has fought back in Moscow. Mitch, let me get all the buzzwords in that he's fought. it. It's, it's nonsensical, but grifters got a grift. So, uh, you know, this is going to be interesting to watch her do this. It's going to be interesting to watch Democrats realize they're, they're giving her money that may not actually do what the Democrats wanted to do. But there's something else here as well that you need to pay attention to. 
when the Democrats give Stacey Abrams money, they are not giving that money to Joe Biden. They're not giving that money to Elizabeth Warren. They're not giving that money to Kamala Harris. They're not giving that money to the DNC. And they're certainly not giving that money to Democrat efforts to take back the state of Georgia. Now, she's running these as a nonprofit, so they can't be political. They can't be involved in politics. Now, they certainly will be in certain ways. But every dollar that goes to this effort is a dollar that will not be spent battling Donald Trump. And that's pretty striking to me uh, that Democrats would do this. And, and they've got plenty of other groups out here. Uh, and that's okay. That That is totally okay, just so you understand. It is totally okay. And the reason it's totally okay is because we want Democrats pouring money down holes like this where they're, they're not going to get a return on their investment. I mean, it, it, largely this is being done because Democrats are convinced of the mythology that Republicans routinely, systematically suppress votes in the same way Republicans are routinely convinced that Democrats are trying to steal the vote and, and vote fraud happens. As a matter of fact, there are people who behave badly, who try to get people to not vote, but that's on both sides. Democrats do it to Republicans too. There are people who try to commit vote fraud. That is on both sides. Both sides have done it. But those are the exceptions to the rule. The fact of the matter is, with voter ID in place and photo ID, it's very hard for anyone to steal the vote. And there are very few people out there trying to suppress the vote, if only because it's such a big story in the national media and everybody has a cell phone. You put it on record, the media turns it into a national story. That's how we know about the new Black Panther Party going to polling locations and intimidating voters that she was okay with was because it was caught on a cell phone and people displayed it. Y'all, this there she's trying to have her 16th minute of fame, and there's going to be a battle within the Democratic Party for this. Why am I focusing on it if she's having her 16th minute of fame here? Why not just move on? One, because the national media continues to trot out her biography and story as the savior of democracy in America. Part of that is guilt by a lot of these liberal white reporters who focused on Beto O'Rourke instead of her when they now decided she had a better chance than him. But part of it as well is this is Stacey Abrams laying the foundation for her 2022 campaign. And we should pay attention to it and see what the Democrats are doing. Remember, a lot of the negative major headlines that were blown up by the Democrats and the media were essentially landmines planted for several years before the 2018 election by Abrams and others. Okay, let's talk about blinds for just a minute. I'm actually excited to have blinds.com be an advertiser because I had actually been thinking of using them for a while. The reason is because my wife and I, we've got some uh, blinds in our house that are shutters, actually. And I don't know if they warped or what, but they don't even close anymore. Blinds.com makes it easy to replace them. Got 15 million windows covered and over 30,000 five-star customer reviews. It's America's number one online retailer for affordable, quality, custom window coverage. Now, what do I mean by that? Well, let me explain to you what happens. They make the whole experience fast and easy, and every order gets free samples, free shipping, and a free online design consultation. So you send them pictures of your house. They send you back custom recommendations from a professional on what's going to work with your color scheme, your furniture, your specific room. They'll send you free samples to make sure everything looks as good in person. If you've got existing blinds like we do, you take a picture of them, you send them to them, and they can match them up. 
If you accidentally mismeasured, you picked the wrong color, well, if you make a mistake, Blinds.com is going to remake your blinds for free as well. So this is a great way to upgrade your house. For a limited time, my listeners get $20 off at Blinds.com if you use promo code ERIC. That's Blinds.com, promo code ERIC for $20 off. You get faux wood blinds, cellular shades, roller shades, a whole lot more. We were able to replace some that whoever built this house put in. And they buckle, they warped. I don't even know where they came from, but Blinds.com was able to get us things that look just like everywhere else in the house. They did a great job. You go to Blinds.com, use promo code ERIC. Rules and restrictions apply. It is Eric Erickson here. The phone number 404-872-0750-1800 WSB Talk. President Donald Trump says he wants background checks and Mitch McConnell wants background checks too. Now, this is actually... Pretty specific, specific, I started to say specified, specific by Donald Trump. He says both he and Mitch McConnell want background checks, expanded background checks. Mitch McConnell says he has no idea what President Trump is talking about. Now, what everybody is guessing is that what the president actually means is that uh, he and Mitch McConnell want increased, um, they want increased compliance with the um, criminal background check database. There, there's actually a story out of North Carolina today that is relevant on this point. Um, the story is out of North Carolina. And the governor of North Carolina says that they um, 89 people were stopped from doing uh, buying firearms there because they finally were able to fix a backlog in putting information into the national database. I'm trying to find the story. I had it here on my desk somewhere, and it's buried under a bunch of paper. But nonetheless, um, there were 289,000 convictions. Let me give you that number again. 289,000 convictions of people in North Carolina that had not been put into the federal database for firearms. That is a lot of convictions. And uh, here we go. I I just found it online. Um, Local law enforcement behind gaps, uh, 78, okay, 78, not 89, 78 people have been blocked from buying guns in North Carolina due to their information finally being uploaded to the federal background check system. Governor Roy Cooper said that the Bureau of Investigations found 284,289 convictions that were never reported to the National Instant Criminal Background Check System, NICS. So you had 284,289 convictions that were not put in the uh, database. And when that happened... 78 people were blocked from buying firearms. This is what Mitch McConnell and the Republicans are leaning towards. What they want is uh, the database improved and money given to states to be able to increase the amount of people hired to put information into the federal database. 
right now there is wide consensus on the left and right that there is an understaffed situation where there are way more convictions and way more information that needs to go in the federal database than they have manpower to be able to put it in. So that's where we're headed with this, with McConnell. And my guess is that that's what the president actually means with expanded background checks on guns. Now, Doug Collins and I chatted on Monday, and he said that this is obviously going to be a very big issue and that the Democrats uh, are continuing to push for further restrictions. Now, a significant portion of the Democrats, a majority majority of the Democrats in the House of Representatives today have released a petition to support legislation that would confiscate all autom- or semi-automatic weapons in this country, would ban the sale of and confiscate existing semi-automatic weapons. Donald Trump is going to be president forever, isn't he? Yeah, let me, let me say this again. Democrats in the House, a majority of the Democrats support confiscation of all existing semi-automatic firearms and banning the sale of future semi-automatic firearms not just handguns or not just long barrel rifles or anything like that but handguns they want you to have like revolvers or something It is Eric Erickson here. Welcome. The phone number, if you want to be a part of the program, 404-872-0750, 1-800-WSB-TALK. I'm, I'm honest to goodness, I'm trying to get the hang of doing a morning and an evening show now, and I heard the music start, and I thought, wait, which show is this? <laughs> it's going to take a little while. Okay. I, 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 we need to talk about Jeffrey Epstein, if, if you'll allow. Um, I don't want to talk about Jeffrey Epstein, to be fair. I, I, I don't want to, but we need to talk about Jeffrey Epstein. Um, we, we learned several things that are allowing people to believe there is a conspiracy. And there's a great column by Ross Douthat I want to talk about related to this. Uh, as you know, I have said since the, the news broke on Monday that we should never confuse incompetence for conspiracy. Uh, but uh, we, just just think about some of these things. So 4chan is one of those um, websites uh, where a lot of people go to, to say all sorts of offensive things and, and generate online mobs and whatnot. 8chan is the worst. That's where a lot of the, the shooters have gone. The, the El Paso shooter was there, but 4chan is not a great site. And it turns out that news of Epstein's death showed up on 4chan before it was officially announced. And the federal government is investigating. And some people look at that and say, oh, conspiracy. This is further proof of the conspiracy. And Actually, what it is is a first responder who is a 4chan member let it slip and he's going to be found out and fired more likely. Well, now we find out that the judge has died. That's right. Epstein died this weekend. The judge involved in in some of the cases and in cutting some of the deals, he died. Except that's not a conspiracy either. He was 97 years old. He was in failing health to begin with. Uh, he had surrendered all of his other cases, it appears. Um, he he had been hanging on for this. He had been overruled on appeal already. Uh, he had retired. He was appointed by Carter in 78. It's Judge Robert Sweet. 
Uh, he was 96, not 97, 96 years old. He had stepped aside largely and, and taken senior status. He was dealing with some of the Epstein stuff still, um, but he was expected to step aside altogether from the Epstein case because his health was failing and he died on Sunday. Uh, so people look at that, oh, conspiracy. Well, now it turns out that the two guards didn't check on Epstein for three hours. The warden has been removed. The guards are have been put on administrative lead. They were asleep, literally asleep, uh, when Epstein did what he did. There, there was a report earlier that there were shrieks coming from Epstein's cell. It appears that the shrieks coming from Epstein's cell were the shrieks of the people trying to revive him who probably knew that they were going to lose their jobs if he didn't. Now, all of that being said, let's spend a minute on Ross Douthat. And Ross Douthat, for those of you who don't know, is a conservative columnist, Catholic columnist, um, for the New York Times. And I say conservative Catholic columnist because that does matter and it really does help shape Ross's worldview, uh, his faith does very strongly, and he's written a piece, Jeffrey Epstein and When to Take Conspiracies theory, conspiracy Seriously. Sometimes conspiracy theories point towards something worth investigating. A few point towards the truth. Let me just read you part of what he wrote. The challenge in thinking about a case like the suspicious suicide of Jeffrey Epstein, the supposed billionaire who spent his life acquiring sex slaves and serving as a procurer to the ruling class, can be summed up in two sentences. Most conspiracy theories are false, but often some of the things they're trying to explain are real. Conspiracy theories are usually false because the people who come up with them are outsiders to power, trying to impose narrative order on a world they don't fully understand, which leads them to imagine implausible scenarios and impossible plots to settle on ideologically convenient villains and assume the absolute worst about their motives and to imagine an omnicompetence among the corrupt and conniving that doesn't actually exist. Or they're false because the people who come up with them are insiders trying to deflect blame for their own failings by blaming a malign enemy within or an evil genius rival for problems their own blunders help create. Or they're false because the people pushing them are cynical manipulators and attention seekers trying to build a following who don't care a whit about the truth. For all these reasons, serious truth seekers are predisposed to disbelieve conspiracy theories on principle. And journalists are predisposed to quote Richard Hofstadler on the paranoid style whenever they encounter one, an instinct only sharpened by the rise of Donald Trump, the cynical conspiracist par excellence. Now, what's he getting at here? Well, yeah, please do stick around with me because he makes some points that we should expand upon on what's happening here. So Ross points out a few things uh, like take, for example, he says UFO theories that uh, UFOs crash landed in New Mexico in Roswell. Well, it turns out that, you know, the government actually was conducting military experiment, experiments there. And it turns out that lately in the New York Times itself, there have been a series of stories about the military conducting secret studies on unidentified flying objects that continue to defy explanation. So Roswell probably didn't happen, but let's not say that they're not encountering something out there and no one seems to know what they are. Or take the Russia hoax. This is a good one. Uh, let me read you. I want to read you his words. These are these are words printed in the New York Times, of all things. The current elite anxiety about Russia's hand in the West populist disturbances, which reached a particularly hysterical pitch with the pre-Muller report 
collusion coverage, is a classic example of how conspiracy theories find a purchase in the supposedly sensible sinner. In this case, because their narrative conveniently explains a cascade of elite failures by blaming populism on Russian hackers, moneymen, and bots. And yet, every conservative who rolls her or his eyes at the Russia hoax is in danger of dismissing the reality that there actually is a Russian plot against the West, an organized effort to use hacks, bots, and rubles to sow discord in the United States and Western efforts. Their, Europe, their effort is far weaker and less consequential than the center believes. It doesn't involve fanciful Trump's been a Russian asset since the 80s machinations, but this isn't something made up by the left. It's actually happening. And he's right. And then he goes into these other conspiracies. For a long time, people peddled the conspiracy that there was a high-ranking group of pedophiles within the Catholic Church among the cardinals and the bishops who protected each other, who advanced the careers of other pedophiles up the chain, and who fed off and preyed on children. And it turns out it's true. It happened. It's It's real. We, we've seen that. If you had encountered this just 20 years ago, 15 years ago, people would tell you you were insane, that this wasn't true, and yet it's true. Or Harvey Weinstein, for example. I mean, for years the story circulated about Harvey Weinstein. As Ross points out, he, he even hiring ex-Mossad black ops elements to undermine people. It, it turns out that's all true. He actually did it. So when you see a guy like Epstein, who clearly had friends in the rich and powerful, who hung out with Bill Clinton, who bragged about his relationship with the crown prince of Saudi Arabia, who hung out with President Trump, who hung out with Hollywood celebrities, who hung out with CEOs like Elon Musk, who hung out with members of the British royal family, and we know what Epstein did, you do start to think, is there a rich and powerful cabal of sex slavers within the powerful and elite, and did they kill Jeffrey Epstein? to prevent that house of cards from crumbling on them. It's not necessarily paranoid for people to wonder that. Now, I don't think they did kill him. I think it was absolutely incompetence. I, I mean, he already wanted to die. Uh, he already tried to commit suicide. But the investigation shouldn't stop there because it's pretty clear that Epstein was running some sort of uh, human trafficking operation for a bunch of rich and powerful people around the world. And those people need to be exposed. We will know this is a conspiracy. We will know there is a cover-up. When the investigation and all these other people stops, it looks like the investigation is going to continue. It looks like the woman who was identified as a madam may soon come under arrest. We will find out soon. But I thought Ross made a very good point here that a lot of times conspiracies, they don't exist. But the truths that are trying to be amplified by the conspiracy, they really are true. And sometimes, yeah, actually, there is a conspiracy. The phone number here is 404-872-0750, 1-800-WSB-TALK. I, I really, really, really need to, when we come back, talk about... Um, the Jim Galloway has a very interesting piece about Elaine Chow, the Transportation Secretary, who's in the AJC, and her speech yesterday to the Georgia Chamber of Commerce down in Macon. Um, before we get there, though, I, I need to play this audio for you. This is Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez. Do, do, do you feel on um, Israel, you said this administration has established concentration camps on the southern border of the United States for immigrants, mm -hmm. where they're being brutalized and dehumanizing conditions and dying. You got a lot of grief for mm -hmm. using the word concentration camps. Do mm -hmm. you regret that? Or do you think people misinterpret it? 
Yeah, well, I think I think there's a there's a few things at play. One, I don't regret it at all. That's what you needed to hear. And, and she said, I don't when he was talking. Um, there was an ice facility, two ice facilities in Texas that were uh, fired upon overnight. Uh, in fact, you know, Chip Roy, those of you who came to the resurgent gathering, Chip Roy was on stage with me. He's a dear friend of mine, a uh, member of Congress, represents the San Antonio area. His congressional office was across the street from one of the ICE facilities that was shot at. Uh, the FBI says they know ICE was being targeted because these buildings are unspecified buildings that are mixed use of multiple people, and the ICE buildings or the ICE offices are on higher floors, and it was those higher floors where they were shot at. They were shooting into office windows, uh, looking like they wanted to hit personnel within the ICE facility, and, and it didn't happen. But that's a pretty big issue, and this comes on the heels of a man in Colorado trying to fire Washington State, rather, trying to firebomb. Actually, he's tried successfully to firebomb an ICE facility. He got shot and killed in the process, him echoing Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez's remarks about concentration camps. Where's the media? Do you know, I've been told by several people, the media, CNN, has never actually reported on the man firebombing ICE and tying it to AOC's comments. Wow, there's just some media bias. When we come back, the plan to get Donald Trump elected in Georgia. Hello and welcome. It is Eric Erickson here, Atlanta's Evening News on WSB. The phone number 404-872-0750-1800. WSB Talk. Randomly, have any of you seen Yellowstone? Let me know. You you can reach out to me on... um, on social media, I'm hearing more and more. Ben Shapiro actually was telling me uh, that it was it was worth watching. I saw him on Twitter, and, and he's a, a, a reporter we follow likes it. I, I don't even know what it's on. Is it on Netflix something? I don't know. Um, and people are buzzing about the family too, which apparently puts Christians in a bad light on Netflix, which isn't surprising. I just as an aside, um, I, I'm sorry. I'm I'm just. I, is anybody else burnt out on politics? There's so much other news out there, but politics just seems to dominate all the conversations. There's really no escape, and I can't avoid talking to you about Elaine Chow's visit yesterday to the um, to the Georgia Chamber of Commerce. They met in Macon. And it was interesting if you, Jim Galloway noticed this at the AJC, uh, that they have now their motto, it seems like, for the president running in Georgia. How do you combat the suburbs in Georgia where people don't like Donald Trump? Well, there is a very easy way where you get all of the good of the Trump administration and none of the bad of the Trump administration. It's called... I-85. I-85. It's what Elaine Chow, the the transportation secretary and wife of Senator Mitch McConnell, focused on in her speech. Let me read to you from Galloway. On March 30th, 
2017, a 39-year-old homeless man set fire to an upholstered chair, which then ignited high-density polyethylene pipes the Georgia Department of Transportation had stored under an I-85 bridge near Piedmont Road. As hypnotized viewers watched on local TV, they watched on WSB-TV, a massive section of the bridge collapsed, severing a vital economic link between Atlanta Central Business District and its richest suburbs. Commuters wallowed in deeper-than-usual misery, but the reconstruction effort became a riveting focus. GDOT offered a $3.1 million incentive to get the work done quickly. Road contractor C.W. Matthews worked 24 hours a day, and I-85 became passable again in a mere six weeks. Now, Nathan Deal and the Georgia Department of Transportation at the time took a ton of credit for it, and now Elaine Chow is coming in and had David Perdue on stage with her to testify that... She actually deserves credit. Why? Because she actually cut all the red tape within the Trump administration. You have to remember the Trump administration was very new here. They had only been on the job for a couple of months. And according to David Perdue, Elaine Chow jumped into, this is a direct quote from a speech, jumped into the breach, removed all the regulatory impediments, and immediately got things going for the reconstruction project here in Georgia. Now, of course, the feds had to be involved because it was a federally funded uh, interstate, but uh, the feds at the time, the locals got all the credit. And now here comes Elaine Chow into Georgia to say, hey, you know, Donald Trump helped your suburbs out and your central business district by getting this thing done. It's a very interesting pivot. Now, why is it a very interesting pivot? Well, so the Trump campaign is more and more signaling that they intend a culture war campaign. And I don't know that culture war campaigns help very much with the suburban areas. And the reason I don't think they help very much with suburban areas is because a lot of conservatives in the suburbs Yes, they go to church, many of them. Yes, they call themselves Christians, but they're probably just as likely to be at a travel ball game on a Sunday morning or on, in a bass boat as they are at, at church. Um, don't get me started on travel ball on Sundays. But nonetheless, um, this, they identify ethnically as Christians, almost as some people identify ethnically as Catholic or Jew. They identify ethnically as evangelical. But it's the pocketbook issues that really matter to them. It's not the cultural conservative issues that really matter to them. They couldn't care less uh, about the fetal heartbeat legislation, but they care greatly that they can't get to their office and they've got to wake up an hour early just to try to drive downtown. And here comes the Trump administration, new to the job, and outperforms on an issue, working in conjunction with the state of Georgia to be able to get people on I-85 within six weeks. That's actually a pretty significant deal. And that's a message that could sell. The problem continues to be, and a lot of Trump supporters don't want to hear this, but there are a lot of people in the suburbs who don't like the president. Now, to the president's credit, before you call in angry with me or hang up, to the president's credit, there are a lot of people who don't like the Democrats right now. There are a lot of people who will vote for Donald Trump because as much as they may not care for parts of his personality and his behavior, they really hate the Democrats' policies. Now, what about the people who are sitting in the middle? There are still some. And they are hoping against hope that Joe Biden is the Democratic nominee. These people are. 
they really want to vote for Joe Biden because they may not have liked Barack Obama. They may have turned out and voted Republican because of Barack Obama. But after Trump, they don't like Trump. So they're thinking, you know what, Biden, at least he'll be a steady hand. Yeah, he's old. Yeah, he's gaff prone. But at least he'll be a competent president, they're thinking to themselves. And here comes Donald Trump and says, hey, wait a second. You, 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 he's a hypothetically competent man who's a gaffe machine like you think I am. But look at my competence. I'm two months on the job and I get your interstate rebuilt in six weeks. For some people, that may be a compelling message. I'll tell you what's not a compelling message for a lot of people who support the president right now. Red flag laws. I talked about that yesterday. I don't need to go much further into it here, but it looks like they're giving up the issue of red flag laws and the president's daughter not very happy about it. She wanted them done. It's not going to happen. And the president, to his credit, has sabotaged them intentionally or not, and I don't think it was intentional, and I know some of you disagree with his Chris Cuomo tweet. Well, the Democrats believe that in the Atlanta suburbs and in the suburbs of parts of Texas, that gun control is going to be an issue that still resonates and that they're going to be punished if they don't do something about it. And I don't really think that's the case. I want to play for you some audio. Oh, where did I file it away? Tim, um, Tim Ryan, the congressman from Ohio who's running for president, has this to say on the issue. Well, he had something to say on the issue. Oh, my whole sound froze on me a second. Give me a second. Um, Tim Ryan goes on, I think it was on CNN, and he says that voters are going to punish the GOP, and they're going to punish the Democrats if people don't do stuff on guns. It doesn't happen. There will be consequences at the ballot box. There's no question that there will be. You think this is going to become an issue people, because traditionally, while this has outraged people and affected people, it's not an issue that was top of the ballot for many people. Yeah, I think parents, kids are afraid to go to school. I'm, I'm hearing that from a lot of people I know. They're afraid to go out. I think the video from Times Square a week or two ago when the motorcycle backfired right. on multiple times um, and people went fleeing, I think that is the state of anxiety in the United States today. Right. And inaction is not acceptable. And so the president could ignore this at his peril. Republicans can ignore it at their peril. The suburbs are already moving away from Trump uh, electorally because of his behavior, because of his actions, because of his incompetence. And you throw this into the mix, a bunch of moms who are really upset that their kids can't be safe in schools and kids that are upset about it. I think it's going to move the needle in the election. No, no, it's not. Did it after Newtown when kindergartners were gunned down? Did it then? Did it after Las Vegas? Did it really after Parkland? I mean, guns have not been a major campaign issue. And the reason is because suburban voters who don't like President Trump and don't care about culturally conservative issues, they still tend to be pretty law and order people when it comes to guns and pro-Second Amendment. Why? The crime issue. The crime issue. And when you have Democrats out there vilifying police officers and saying we need to let a whole bunch of people out of jail, well, those suburban issues, the law and order issues, the Antifa rioting and the shooting up ice and the firebombing ice and stuff, well, that stuff resonates with them. And they're not going to give up their guns. If you don't know your numbers, you don't know your business. But the problem growing businesses have, and that keeps so many of them from knowing their numbers, is they have so many systems they got to use. It's just a hodgepodge network of business systems, CMSs. It's just it's a mess. 
Introducing NetSuite by Oracle, the business management software that handles every aspect of your business and an easy-to-use cloud platform, gives you the visibility and control you need to grow. With NetSuite, you save time, money, and unneeded headaches by managing sales, finance, and accounting, orders, and HR instantly right from your desktop or your phone. That's why NetSuite is the world's number one cloud business system. And right now, NetSuite is offering you valuable insight with a free guide, Seven Key Strategies to Grow Your Profits at netsuite.com slash eric that's netsuite.com slash eric to download your free guide seven key strategies to grow your profits netsuite.com slash eric you want to grow your business you need to know what's going on with your business once you know what's going on with your business you need to get all the interconnected business management software pieces into one package for greater efficiency again save time money and unneeded headaches by going to netsuite.com slash eric download your free guide seven key principles to grow your profits. Y'all, they really are coming after Joe Biden on the Democratic side. It is Eric Erickson here. The phone number is 404-872-0750, 1-800-WSB-TALK. I mean, they're just uh, trying to convince everyone that he's crazy old man and no one should listen to him. And, and here's the reality of it. Biden is in the lead and he's probably going to stay in the lead. And that requires that the others do something to stand out. Um, the, what's his name? Beto. Beto O'Rourke is going to have some sort of national address on gun violence, uh, capitalizing on the El Paso. There's something ghoulish about this, is there not? That the shooting happens in El Paso, and now Beto O'Rourke wants to ride that into the White House. Uh, just there's, uh, I don't know, um, what an opportunist. It's not going to work either, but he wants to try to capture some of the magic again. And Bernie Sanders is now out cheering into the media because he's mad at them thinking they, they failed him. They've turned their backs on him because they all want Elizabeth Warren. So he blew up with the Washington Post. I, I want to play this clip from uh, Paul Begala on CNN explaining why Bernie's got to do this. Bernie needs, he's Luke Skywalker. He needs a Death Star. He had that in my friend Hillary, okay? Every day he knew what he was doing. He was going after the establishment, and she represented everything he hated in the Democratic Party. It, it, it wasn't easy, but it was obvious. Now he doesn't have that. I thought he would do that with Joe Biden. Now apparently it's, it's uh, Jeff Bezos, although he's kind of walking that back. It's like he needs Darth Vader, and he, he looks around, there's nothing but like Ralph Nader. You know, he's got to like have somebody to go after. I, 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 I've done my share of media bashing. I'm not against it, but they, they need to give me some specifics. They need to say, here's a story that was unfair because of Bezos. And you saw here, he can't do it. No, he can't do it. Uh, he's blowing up the Washington Post for actually, what are they blowing him up for? Pointing out that his math doesn't add up on his giveaways. Pointing out that his math doesn't add up, that he can't actually... Um, raise taxes enough to pay off everyone's student loans and give everyone Medicaid for all, let alone uh, Medicare for all. And Bernie Sanders is livid and has decided it's an Amazon.com conspiracy against him.